This is Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Carol Master. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast bringing you an in-depth interview you will not hear anywhere else. And this week, it's with Charles Schwab, who really kind of blew open the online brokerage business just a few weeks ago when he decided to charge nothing for online trades. And it was great to catch up with Chuck Schwab. Carol, he's got such an amazing scope to his career and the pioneering that he started 40 plus years ago, definitely continuing today. Here's that conversation with Taylor Riggs and myself. All right, so there are a few people probably in the investing world as well known and candidly as influential as Chuck Schwab. So thrilled to have him here in our studio in New York City. He is the founder, of course, of the Charles Schwab Corporation, a pioneer in many respects. Great to have you with us. Well, Jason, thank you. I love to come down and see Bloomberg. It just keeps expanding. Your communication capabilities are wonderful. Wonderful for our business, actually. Well, we appreciate that. So let's talk about your business. I want to talk about your book. You've got a new book out. It's called Invested. But before we get to that, I got to ask you about sort of the news in the industry over the last couple of weeks. Pretty exciting. So why now? What What's happening well, that's causing all this? we just want to make sure our investors get the best deal possible. And that's called free. Yeah. Free trades. And so I've been on that pursuit that mission basically for almost 40 years because I cut the commissions way back when when deregulation was permissible and I've been on that quest for now 40 years so now we finally made it happen zero commission for transactions now you might have to pay for other things but for transactions it's zero right so Chuck what's great for customers is free but how does that affect your business some people are saying it could impact revenue by a hundred million dollars a quarter how do you make up for that loss in revenue well it's about four percent of our revenue has been lost because of that but every time we've ever made it a better deal for our clients we get more clients and we will make it up in volume so to speak because we have many other services we have money market funds we have mutual funds we have advised accounts we have other ways to make some money, uh, depending on what the client is looking for, uh, different levels of service, and so, but trades will be free. And so we just hope more people will come and enjoy the, the benefits that Schwab provides. So when you talk about volume, Chuck, that obviously means that probably scale matters. Scale. You've got a big piece of the market now. Are we gonna see some consolidation here? I think it's very possible. I don't know whether we'll be successful in that pursuit, but I think in the industry, you're going to see more consolidation, more firms getting together. You just have to have that scale and volume. And so we're prepared to do it if, if the opportunity arrives, but if not, we're perfectly happy to go it alone. Chuck, outside of volume, what do you say to critics from the street or companies like Moody's who had been taking a look at your credit rating after this decision? What else do you say to them about how you can also make up and grow despite this? Well, it, you can look at the past. It's pretty easy to see every time we've ever cut our commissions, it's always led to more business. It's been very consistent over many, many years. So this is not the first time we've cut commissions. It just happened to be this time to zero. Our cost uh, in terms of running our business is extremely low. We're probably the lowest cost provider in the business. Uh, it costs about 15 basis points uh, per dollar of asset that we have at Schwab. 
and to run the business. That means all our websites, all the services, the branches, and so forth. So we really put a lot of attention to our costs. And so we're able to deliver to our clients a better value, we think, because of that. And so we're highly competitive and we'll continue to be competitive. We have many new ideas. Of course, technology has been really our friend in so many ways. Mm-hmm. It's allowed us to be more efficient and deliver our efficiency on in terms of lower prices to our clients. All right, so you talked about sort of the history, your history in this business, Chuck, and you lay that out so nicely in this book. And it's funny, you know, the book is called Invested, the subtitle, Changing Forever the Way Americans Invest. I've read a lot of books, and I know that often people are given to hyperbole in their titles. This actually isn't hyperbole, it it did, it changed things. I think it changed Wall Street dramatically for the better. I think so many people have adopted some of the same things that we put in place early on, and people thought, oh wow, it does work, it does attract customers. Do the right thing for customers and may, my goodness, people come to your front door. Right, so using that as a backdrop and thinking about putting this book together, I would imagine you went back and thought about those sort of catalytic moments over the course of your career. Not just the founding, but some pretty interesting moments along the way, including a buyout that didn't go, an acquisition that didn't go the way you wanted, an LBO then following on to take it back. Tell us about those moments that really stick out to you. Well, it's all laid out in the book, Invested, and I had a great fun, actually. It took me two years to write the book with some, a little bit of help along the way, but all the stories are my stories. And it was about starting out with four people back in 1973. Four people. Wow. Now we have over 20,000. We have millions of customers and all that. All that great success. But the book talks about this is not a straight line up at all. There's been a lot of, a lot of downs, a lot of things that we learned along the way. It took persistency. It took commitment. It took passion by many, many people who helped me along the way to make a great company. And so I thought it would be worthwhile to tell people about this great entrepreneurial experience, but also it lets my employees know what we stand for as a company, the purpose of the company, how we help customers and why we love our customers. And also we'd like to have our our customers themselves, our clients read the book too, so they know our commitment. And why was taking back the independence of your company away from Bank of America so important to how Charles Schwab operates today? Well, I think it's highly important that you, we need to have a company, a investment company like ours in place. There's so many of the giant firms of these big investment banking firms that don't really think exclusively about individual investors. We do. That's all we do is think about our clients. How can we do a better job and how the new innovations using new technology to come up with new ideas, how to make their life better in terms of their financial life. And so Chuck, as you think about your customers right now, let's talk about them, how they're feeling right now. We're in the midst of the longest expansion, economic expansion in history. I mean, people are feeling pretty good. The equity markets, little volatility here and there, but generally, the consumer feels good. Tell us what you learned, because you see them trading every day. Well, I think our investors, you know, people who've been with us for a few years are, know about the markets. They know markets go up nicely, and everyone's really happy about that. They also know markets go down. Free markets go up and down. That's the fundamental thing you have to understand about investing. And after that, you find out the potential from investing, how you can really change the wealth 
wealth for yourself, wealth for your family, and gives you all these new opportunities that you might have as you go through life. So, you know, the only thing that really grows normally like real growth is companies. Mm-hmm. So investing in companies is a wonderful way to go about it. I always look at buildings, for instance, one building you buy, and that building always remains the same. It never changes in size. It always remains the same. Stocks can grow from one hamburger shop to 10 to 10,000. You know, one coffee maker can take a couple cup of coffees and all of a sudden is making millions mm-hmm. a day. And that's, but that takes place over a period of time. That's called growth. And, and that's what companies are able to do. Some of the great companies are able to do even more growth than I'm talking about now. Right. More growth coming? I, I think innovation in America is profound. I live on the West Coast where so much of the new innovations pop up at times and it's it's just it's going to continue the internet has been just unleashed so much capability i think and communication and so i think there's huge opportunities new frontiers ahead we just have to hang on keep our safe safety belts on and right make the right happen well, and you're speaking my language, given, I, given I'm out here in San Francisco uh-huh. in the midst of all of that uh, innovation that you describe. Yeah. You were right in that the markets go up, the markets go down. Investors know this. But as you look, do you get a sense that there is a special type of nervousness from investors right now that didn't exist you know, a, a decade ago, two decades ago? Or does this feel business as usual? It's no different today than it was 10 years ago or 20 or 30. Let me tell you, uh, you go back, it's sort of interesting to do this, go back some time and read, go to the library and get some of the newspapers of 10 years ago and you'll see what I mean. There's always some issue going on and it, it, and it changes and that's what the dynamics are of a free society. It keeps changing, the, the story's a little different but there's still fear and greed, fear and greed is sort of up and down along the way and so just understand as an investor you've got to be a cool as a cucumber let me right. tell you and just hang in there make sure you're diversified don't put it everything in one little investment make sure you have 10 20 or some index funds or things like that that really uh, give you a breadth of experience and exposure to investing and so before we let you go i gotta ask you what's the one thing you want to make sure people take away from this book i think i think it's about the values that our company has and how sustainable it is. And I wish more companies were able to keep those values front and center, not only with their employees, but let their customers know what we stand for and what they can expect. And how do you do that? How do you do that on a daily basis? How do you Chuck Schwab? Do I don't know. I've basis? done, I spent a lot of time in different branches throughout the country. I try to, and try to instill in my executives and my CEO who's embodied at Walt Benger, fantastic. Uh, how we have maintained our values throughout right. these years. That was Charles Schwab, of course, of the firm that bears his own name. You and Taylor are catching up with him, Taylor Riggs and yourself. And I think it was interesting because we have seen the world move to kind of a low rate, no rate environment when it comes to trading. He took it further. He did. And again, he's always at the center of the next thing in this business. Really good to catch up with him. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra. Be sure to tune in to Bloomberg Business Week Radio live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Masser. And I'm Jason Kelly. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.